Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. I am very excited to share this conversation with Jack Dana Miller. Uh, Jack's an amazing guy. He is the chairman and CEO of the Living Dialogue Ministries, and he's a former chair and CEO of Applied Industrial Technologies, a huge uh, Cleveland-based company, Fortune 1000 Corporation. Just an amazing guy, and at 85, um, sharp as ever, and so generous with his time and his talent. Um, just amazing. So I know you will get a lot of the conversation. And really, this podcast is um, a culmination of what we do at our retreats. Our retreats, we do them twice a year in Cleveland and Columbus. And we are open to starting other chapters throughout um, the country as people are called to use our framework. And ISI is all about iron sharpens iron. It comes from Proverbs 27, 17, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And really what we're trying to do is focus on our big five Fs, faith, family, faculty, finance and fitness and how can we put faith at the center of that at the hub and empower and help us be the best that we can possibly be in those other areas that we live in uh, in our family in our work with our finances and with our health and fitness and so we bring different speakers on like jack and others to share wisdom and certainly he has uh, a lot of it to to give um we tried to do uh, I did try to do my best in this 30 minutes or so to capture um, some, some great things from his laced devotion at our retreat where he shared about faith and hope, which are unshakable anchors in a world of chaos. So what a better time, um, what a great time to share uh, faith and hope and why he chose those two words and what they mean or what they can mean for us as unshakable anchors. So that's, um, that's what this is all about. I'm excited to, to share it with you. And I um, just want to leave you with one, one verse uh, that this podcast really and ISI in general is really formed around other than the Proverbs 27, 17. It's Ecclesiastes 10, 10. It says, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but with wisdom helps one to succeed. And that's my hope and prayer for you as you listen to this podcast is that you would have some wisdom uh, from Jack and around you know what you can do so you can sharpen your own iron so you don't have to use more strength but you can rely on the wisdom and people who've been down there been down that path and they can apply right to your world so without further ado i really hope you enjoyed this conversation with jack denmiller well jack thank you so much for um just pouring into all the guys of isi um at a most recent retreat and for jumping on this podcast to capture the devotion that you shared with us on saturday morning so i appreciate you being here and uh, spending a few minutes with us well, it's a pleasure to be here and to reconnect. And it was a wonderful escape for me to get away for a couple of days and enjoy the ambiance of the, the farm out there, as they call it, the farm, and uh, meet with yeah. the guys and and to have some ongoing relationships now that we've carried forward with several, which is good. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. That's great to, great yeah. to, yeah, we try to create that environment where people can actually make a connection and keep it small enough where you, you yeah. know, have questions afterwards, you can go up and chat with people and chat with the speakers and so that's great so give us a little for those that who weren't there give us a little background on you know um kind of who you are and your, right. your story yeah well i'll be, try to be brief uh you know i'm actually a native clevelander not many of us around i was born in cleveland uh my father worked for ge got transferred to warren ohio where i lived up till i was age six when they moved to shaker heights and i went to elementary school in shaker they moved to Mentor, Ohio, and I went out to high school, middle school and high school in Mentor. I graduated in 56 and then moved on to uh, Case Institute of Technology, now known as Case Western Reserve University. And I got my engineering degree, my BS in engineering, uh, and went to work for a company 
uh, diamond alkali, whose name was changed to Diamond Shamrock, eventually an old line Cleveland company in the chemical mm-hmm. business. There is where I met my uh, uh, future wife, Jean Sheridan. We, she was working there, and we were working there, and one of those love at first sights, and two years later, we got married in 1960. And uh, God blessed us with a wonderful 60 years of relationship. Uh, she went to be with the Lord uh, March 14, 2020. And I'm learning to live a life, uh, not that I would choose by myself, but the Lord is always with me. So I have his, you never walk alone, but it's, you do miss after 60 years, uh, your uh, great yeah. relationship. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were blessed with two wonderful sons, uh, and now their wives and four grandchildren. So our family was growing. Uh, we've kind of felt like gypsies for a while. Gene and I moved 11 times in our marriage. Wow. In 15 different residences. <laughs> and, prior, and, <laughs> and prior to that, uh, I had moved uh, eight times myself, including four different locations while I was at school and college. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've, uh, I think I've, I've put my head down in about 20 different beds, and see, besides all the hotels in the world. Travel. Yeah, that's a lot of moves. Uh, but then I went on and got my MBA at Case Western uh, in marketing and finance. Uh, Diamond Alkali was a company that really encouraged the lifelong learning. So they would not only, not only paid for my graduate school, but they also encouraged you to go to other places and mm. get ongoing education. Uh, so that was uh, kind of a, a quick background. My uh, career after Diamond Alkali, where I spent 25 years and thought I would be there for a lifetime, but I had an opportunity to go to Leaseway Transportation another Cleveland company and joined them as a group executive and then went on and became president of the company. Hmm. Then I got recruited to go to Bearings Inc., uh, another old line Cleveland company, uh, well, which we changed the name to Applied Industrial Technologies, a technology provider. Uh, and I retired there in 2000, the chairman and CEO of the company. Hmm. That was a great run, a great experience. Back this year, the company celebrated its 100th anniversary. Oh, wow. Not many companies are thriving after 100 years from their founder. That's amazing. So it's a it was a it's a great experience. We had a reunion. It was nice to see the guys that we worked with and uh, reminisce a bit. Uh, and many of them, uh, most of them, became believers during that period of time. Which was mm. I had a practice of giving the officers that reported to me a, a Bible mm. uh, and invite them to church and talk about the Lord. And, uh, uh, and as a result of that, many lives were changed, which was what we're supposed to do. I mean, that's part of our, mm. our calling is to be. Uh, bearers of the good news so that's yeah. kind of a quick wrap up on work that's uh, i have a couple of questions if you 40, don't mind 40 years uh, in uh, two minutes <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean it, it maybe you want to ask a couple follow-up okay, questions sure. um when you when you would give those people a bible was that on like day one or how did you go about that oh well, i would build a relationship with them first mm-hmm. uh, get to know them uh, i always had a performance planning re- session with them in our place in Florida, invite the, the officer and his wife down to be with us. Mm. And we built a relationship with him. We'd invite him to church, uh, uh, share the gospel. Uh, and then then after I felt we had a relationship, uh, I would present them a Bible. Jean would write the dedication in her beautiful handwriting and present the Bible to them and then discuss uh, its contents, how to study it. In fact, mm. I, uh, over time, I put together Jack's method of studying the Bible. <laughs> wow. Uh, and so... I think you have to build a relationship first, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then I'd ask them, you know, would you would you like to have mm-hmm. a life application Bible uh, in the NIV translation? I don't think anybody ever said no. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever said no. And I still yeah. do that today. You know, neighbors or, or our kids or grandkids uh, present them with the God's word 
the best gift you can ever give them. Mm. That's and really cool. I, I really like the NIV translation and the life application because the footnotes are like having a teacher with you. Mm-hmm. You read it and you look at the footnotes and you think, oh, I get it now. Or, gee, I never saw that before. So, yeah. But that's how it, that's how I would present the scriptures to them. That's really cool. Yeah. So you would bring people down to your home in Florida, to this right. company in Cleveland. You right. would fly them down and they right. would meet with you, right. do a performance planning session, and then you would invite them to church. Right. And, and, and Gene, who was not an employee of the company, but kind of came alongside you. Right. And you guys did this together as a, just oh, we like, did. we're one here. Yeah, we were. We were we were one in the Lord and doing the Lord's work together. That's cool. And together, uh, I think I think everybody who ever met her fell in love with her because she was such a kind, gentle person. Yeah. And her handwriting was beautiful. Everybody, no one ever threw the notes away that she wrote. She probably wrote 50,000 notes in her lifetime. Oh, my gosh. What part of her ministry, besides music and all the other things she did. Wow. Oh, it was a... A wonderful time together, and I look forward to being with her again one day. What a blessing! Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. really. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's uh, an encouraging. You know, it I, seems like you really. I yeah, I also had uh, in my office. We had a kind of open office environment. I'd have a stack of our daily breads. Mm-hmm. Anyone who wanted one could come in and take them, and I get a chance to share with them. So, if I wasn't in a meeting, the door was closed. They could walk into my office, no matter who the associate was in the building, and uh, we could talk. Usually, they usually had to get past my administrative assistant, of course. <laughs> uh, but it's another way in the corporate world. How do you share your faith in the corporate world? Yeah. Uh, lots of ways you can. I actually had a license plate that was JN146. Mm. People would say, is that, yeah, I said, that's my name, John, but what, what's a 146? You know, they said, well, let me tell you what the scripture is. It would open a conversation with mm. you. Even a license plate can start a conversation about the mm-hmm. world. Kind of was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember um, from that perspective. You probably know Bill Ryan. I would imagine, um, but he he gave us a little. Uh, it was like the uh, lacrosse, and just like gave all the guys at ISI and just said, "Put you know, put this somewhere where it's just a little flag. You know, it might open up a conversation with people." And right. um, it's you know, intentional things like that, like you know, giving people a Bible once you build a relationship, having daily bread, having having things out, you know, in your license plate, those are, you know, ways to trigger conversations. Now, the idea is to trigger curiosity. God gave us a wonderful gift of curiosity. Yeah. Along many, along many other gifts, but curiosity to know him, to explore his creation, to explore his word, uh, and to be able to sh- answer people's questions. Uh, yeah. People have lots of questions. Life's full of questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you were very gracious to spend, uh, you know, the, you came out for the entire retreat and you know yeah. gave our devotion on Saturday, which we typically start day two in the morning after the workout. Uh, we did the workout. <laughs> I, did, I did not do the workout. <laughs> I know. I know. It's okay. Well, you were preparing. You were getting your your uh, mind and your heart. <laughs> I, I was right. getting. I was praying about my upcoming devotion. Yeah, but it was awesome. So the the title was "Faith and Hope: Unshakable Anchors in a World of Chaos." Right. Um, Right. Even and now it seems the world seems even a little more chaotic than when you gave this talk. <laughs> you know, uh, isn't that the truth? Uh, <laughs> uh, the world tends to be more, more chaotic with every passing day. It seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? My my uh, spiritual journey was one I accepted Christ when I was seventeen. Uh, that was uh, a long time ago. I'm eighty five now. So mm. a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a journey of. It hasn't been uh, always up. So there's a lot of food downs in there. My father left me when I was uh, 19. Didn't see him for 20 years. It was a very hard time of life. Mm. 
uh, was uh, we reconciled eventually, but it was 20 years lost, uh, hopefully uh, to be re replaced in eternity. And in 2005, when I was uh, lecturing at the Graduate Business School at Case Western Reserve, a former friend of mine, Irving Stubbs, said, how about we write a book together? He's a pastor. And I said, oh, what do you have in mind? I thought I'd write a book on leadership. And he said, oh, no. He said, lots of books on leadership. They don't need more of those. <laughs> said, Let's write a book on Christian discipleship. And that was our first book, The Invitation for the Gospel of Mark. Mm. Uh, in 2009, we formed Living Dialogue Ministry. Uh, and uh, we've written six studies, uh, several books, number of booklets for evangelism. And uh, it was a real blessing that the Lord uh, brought into my life. Uh, a challenging endeavor because I'm one of those kind of people who has to have something to do that meaning and purpose. Yeah. And that was, of course, that background is what led to this sure. ability to do devotions and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, but this, this particular topic really hit me, uh, because I was looking at some books and I thought, you know, our, our hope is unshakable mm. and we live in a world of chaos. And so let's tie the two together. Mm. Faith and hope are, were the, were the topics. Mm. Um, it's, uh, you know, one of the questions that comes to my mind, uh, Nick, is uh, why do we have devotions in the first place? You asked me to do a devotion. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I said, well, I got, I got to start from the beginning. What, what, what does the world does it mean? What's, what's it mean to have a devotion? I love that you started there. Yeah. <laughs> and why do we do that? Why do we have devotions? I kind of came up with three points that I think I reviewed at that time. One was, our faith will be strengthened. It will be more rock solid than yesterday. So our faith journey would be solid. Mm -hmm. And it would be more confident, eager to share our faith. Uh, boldness and confidence would come. Uh, and that we would have this unshakable faith and hope in Jesus Christ and in God's promises, linking the two pieces together. Jesus Christ and God's promises. I said, then back to the question. So why do we call it devotions? Mm -hmm. you know, what are we, what are we devoting? And I said, because we're setting aside time, which we did at the conference, mm -hmm. uh, to time for God, time for God's word. And so that it would truly be what the scriptures say, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Uh, that it would be our guide on our journey of faith. God's mm -hmm. word is the guide. It's not Fodor's guide for, <laughs> for your vacation. It's God's guide. And uh, he wants us to know it. Uh, and... Also, I think we do devotions because we're uh, confirming our devotion to Jesus Christ, our Savior, uh, who is the rock of our salvation. The Bible says he is the eternal rock, uh, and we can trust him. And so I, I think those are why we do devotions. At least that's why I think we do devotions. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Why, why do you think we do devotions? Yeah, it was a great, I mean, I love that you started there. It's like, well, why are we even doing this in the first place? And then I, yeah, I'm looking at my notebook from, from the, the retreat. And, um, and the first thing I wrote down was, um, well, you, you touched on a few of them, but one was, um, you said getting the orders from HQ, you know, yeah, getting orders from headquarters. <laughs> right. I love that. It's, uh, Hey, you know, we could just be scrolling around doing all kinds of things. Right. Um, you know, get, get into all kinds of messes, um, more good stuff, but yeah, just what does, what does God want? You know, what's God design? What does he want for me? What is, you know, where does he want me to be? Where does he want me to be putting my resources and, right. um, into, and I think that's, that's a huge way to, to connect to, through a devotion. We get our marching orders for the day, for the week, for our lives, uh, and we get the orders that are pretty clear from headquarters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so I think that uh, those that's why we do devotions. And then, you know, when we, we look at the word faith, oh, be quiet. <laughs> uh, we have we have a Hebrews chapter eleven, which we refer to at the conference, which is known as the great faith chapter. And it lists the heroes of the faith who trusted in God, trusted in Christ, from, from Abraham down through the Old Testament into the New Testament. Um, and the word faith, you read chapter 11, is reported over and over by faith. Mm -hmm. It was given them as righteousness, by faith. Uh, and so I think that, uh, again, I go back to what does the word faith mean? You know, we have 400,000 words in the English language. Uh, Hebrew only had in Moses' time about 4,500. It was easier, although it was complicated because they had multiple meanings. So I looked up and what is the, what does the word faith mean? And it says, so Webster said, it's complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Mm. Uh, by the Bible definition from Hebrews 11.1 1 says, confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. We do not see the glories of heaven yet, but we've been given a very precise description of what we should expect. Uh, and so and then I looked, I looked further in the scriptures and I like what Jesus said. Uh, he said in Matthew 11, 8, 13, he said, faith is a deeply held belief that God will keep his promises, that God will keep his promises. Uh, and so what makes our Christian faith unique compared to all the other people who claim they have faith? And I think it's because it's the object of our faith is Jesus Christ and God's word. Ours is unique. Um, and I saw, I came across a phrase, Nick, that I really caught my attention this week in reading. It says that uh, Jesus went on a 40-day resurrection tour. <laughs> a 40-day resurrection tour. Uh, and he was seen by over 500 people. Uh, and he transformed the lives of these fearful followers into bold proclaimers of the good news. And we know from historical fact that all but one were martyred for the, for the cause of Christ. They were so convinced they had seen the living Christ, they had seen him crucified, and then they saw him alive, and it changed their lives. And, and that's the, the, uh, what faith is about is faith, and they had faith became sight for them. Uh, we still walk by faith. Uh, they they had their faith transformed into sight, but one day we will too. As you're as you're talking, the question that I'm brewing in my I mean is when you are looking at God's um, you know plan for your life, God's um, the confidence that God's plans you're going to be downloading through doing a devotion, right? How, how did you, Jack, like distinguish between what what you felt God wanted you to do and what he didn't want you to do? Um, you know, getting, having that faith in God's plans. And I think that's sometimes a challenge is discerning what are, what is he actually telling me to do? Well, you know, that is a really good question. The only way I've been able to do it is three ways, really. One, to, to study his word and let his word fill my mind. And then the Holy Spirit, when you're a believer, directs your attention to where God wants you to be. Mm. Uh, he gives you the the gifts of the Spirit, uh, and the fruits of the Spirit are different than the gifts, but each one of us is given a gift. Some of it's administration, some is teaching, some is preaching, some is prophesying. Uh, and so I, my gift was really, I thought, it, administration, but also evangelism, to share the gospel, to, 
to be able to with, tell people about Jesus, uh, that he's the only way to eternal life. You can, quote unquote, bet your life on him because he is who he said he is. I mean, he is the son of God. He is the promised uh, Messiah. Uh, and so, so studying God's word, being open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and prayer, uh, and then having it reaffirmed by what actually happens in life, uh, opportunities to share the faith, uh, opportunities to speak on behalf of, you know, how do you live the Christian life in a corporate world? I used to do that when I was involved with Christian businessmen a lot and be a speaker at lunch and breakfast and stuff and talk about how do you integrate the two? Well, first of all, you got to be a living example. People have to see Christ in you. Yeah. You have to see a difference in you compared to others who are not believers. Mm. How you speak, uh, where you go, what you, what's important to you. Uh, and it, I think, I think we're always being as believers, always being evaluated, looked at by society. Are, are you the real thing? Are you mm. authentic? Mm. Or are you, and a friend in a Bible study in Florida say there are only three kinds of believers. He said there are unbelievers, those who don't know Jesus. There are believers, and there are make believers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, people who pretend they go to church, they're good people, they haven't killed anybody, but uh, they're not really saved, they're not really strong enough because there's no evidence for it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we have evidence for our faith, but they have to see evidence in you mm -hmm. as a true follower of Jesus. You should be different. You should look different. Yeah. Uh, you should talk different. You should have different interests. Uh, mm. That yeah. that's that's what I that's how I've uh, followed God's calling to do what I do. That's how we got in this ministry. I would never have planned it myself. Yeah, but He had a plan. Yeah, and He yeah. put a He put a bitter friend pastor in my in my path and said, "Let's write one book together." Mm. God's plan wasn't for one book; it was for a series of discipleship studies and tools for evangelism and chances to share the faith in public places. Uh, that's how, that's how I, that's how it came to be for me. Jack, did you, you mentioned, so like the three things were um, study the word, right? Uh, let the spirit work through your gifts and then prayer. Right. Those and then, so the gifts, the the gifts of the spirit. So we've, I think I've, we've talked about this maybe in a, right. not with you, but in a prior interview, some we've talked about knowing your gifts and you mentioned that yours were uh, administration and evangelizing. Right. 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 Did you, did you know that? Did you do a study to to understand like what your gifts were? And also, did you try to say, only say yes to things that were unique to your gifting and, and kind of repel the other things? Like, Well, there, there were some things I thought were primary in my gifting. I would okay. be asked to uh, lead a capital campaign, to lead, a, lead stewardship, which I did for 18 years, got up and gave the stewardship messages. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was able to speak with confidence. You have to do that in the corporate world. Uh, and that that came about because we had training sessions on how to deal with the press and how to deal with the public. And, yeah. and so we, you know, we got trained. But it just seemed like those were easy for me. And that was mm. because those were gifts that God had given me. Yeah. Numbers have always been easy. Math has always been simple. Uh, complex problems. Uh, you know, I, I, a pretty good problem solver. Uh, and, uh, and so I thought that th those were gifts that would, God gave me and then expected me to use for his service. Mm. So they just came to me over time, uh, yeah. experience, education, and listening to God's call. Mm. And those are different than the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are an example of your life in Christ, but the mm. gifts are different. Yeah. 
So and other, you know, other people have gifts of hospitality and other yeah. things, you know. G would, G would be given to hospitality. She would be given a gift of music. Mm. She would be given a gift of writing. Uh, yeah. I'm not a great note writer. I'm yeah. a, I can write, I author books and studies, but I'm not, a, <laughs> you know, thanks for whatever. <laughs> she, but she was wonderful at that. Yeah. She used her gifts and I used my gifts. And, uh, and we've been serving the Lord together for almost 60 years. Mm. Uh, and we'll serve him for eternity. I don't know what yeah. our jobs will be in eternity, but he knows. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is. The doorkeeper awesome. in the house of the Lord. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I love it. I mean, faith and, and hope. Um, yeah. You know, the unshakable anchors. Right. Which is awesome. We haven't talked much about the about the word hope, uh, because you know, faith seems to be the predominant mm-hmm. topic that we talk about. But without hope, we don't we, you know, we haven't we live in an anxious world. If we don't have hope, mm-hmm. and hope isn't anchored in God and his word, then people, you know, the suicide rate in this in this country is incredible. Yeah. Uh, why is that? People are anxious. They don't have any hope. They, they just don't. And that, you can't have hope in the world. So the hope in the Lord. And I, again, looked up the, you know, the, the word hope and, you know, what does hope mean? And, uh, uh, but for us, our hope is found in the promises of God. That's mm-hmm. where hope comes from. And I think I mentioned at the conference that some seminary student had done some research and found 7,487 promises. Yeah. Enough for many lifetimes. Uh, yeah. I'd be happy there's no one 30 of them. It would probably get me through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but these promises of God are ones we can count on because God's the promise maker and the promise keeper. And he keeps his promises. Uh, and we can stand on the promises, live by the promises, have confidence in the promises, and die in the promises, mm-hmm. which we will one day. That one day he's going to come back and take us to be with him. Is there, um, when you think about those 7,487 promises, <laughs> yeah. are there, wh- say you're new to the Bible, say you're new to this and yeah, I, I like that. And I I'm, I'm for that. Where would you, where would you direct somebody to look at the top 10 or the exhaustive? You know where, where I found a good reference and that is using technology on my phone. Hmm. There's an app called Bible promises. Yeah. It's free. Uh, and it's just, so it looks like a picture of a Bible. It's a, it's a brown, it looks like an open Bible. Okay. And there you can, they've got all different categories of promises. And you can create your own list, which mm-hmm. I do. And I look at it every morning at breakfast. I'm re, I'm reaffirming my, my faith mm-hmm. to God's promises every morning. Mm-hmm. I probably have 30 or 40 that I've picked in various categories. Mm-hmm. It's the best reference I've seen to keep focused on God's promises. What's, what's an example? Well, uh, let me just say, uh, John 14, 1 to 6, you know, trust in God, trust also in me. And my father's house in many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm mm-hmm. going to prepare a place for you. I can go there and prepare a place for you. I'll come back and take you with me. So you may also be where I am. Now, having had Gene go to be with the Lord beforehand, that promise gives me the assurance I'll be with God yeah. again. I'll be with her again. I'll be with my loved ones again. Yeah, It's an incredible promise. I, I'm going to come back and take you with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, wow. And then, of course, I've got some of my favorite Bible verses, but one is Romans uh, 12, 2, uh, which is, uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that renewing of our mind then 
gives us peace. It gives us God's peace. I like uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Uh, it's one of my favorite promises of the day in this chaotic world. Do not be anxious for anything. Yeah. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Uh, I've committed most of these to memory. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, First uh, Corinthians 13. About love, yeah. love is patient, love is kind. Uh, it God's love for us. That's what that's how, that's what I that's how I do it. Yeah, no, it's so good, you know. And I've read all these scriptures before, um, but thinking about them in the way that you presented devotion, even though this is the second time around for me, yeah. uh, right. thinking about it, the idea of a promise, like I know, like someone that I believe is going to keep their promise, right is like, you know, I'll think of my brother, for example, okay. and he's just someone that I know I could count on. Right. right. You know, if he says he's going to be there, he'll be there. And, you know, looking at scripture in, in that same light to say, uh, this is going to give me the confidence in this crazy world, this, un, this you know, world, chaotic this, world, right? This chaotic world. And, you know, and, and then it, that's going to reduce my anxiousness, anxiety, fear, um, by having that confidence right. through those promises. I'm just saying, I don't know why I needed to say it back to you, <laughs> but well, it, is, it, it is a great filter. That, yeah. Uh, you know, faith comes by hearing. We hear someone speak into our minds. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, and of course, I've had the question, where is your mind? And that's a whole different topic. But most people say it's in their brain, but it's not. It's in your whole, it's in your spirit. It's in your soul. Mm. Mind is that filter through which you create your values and filter the stuff that comes into your mind. Yeah. And therefore, what's, what changes you? So. Mm. Um, but I think you can read the scriptures a lot, but sometimes you miss the promises. What yeah. I like about that particular app is that it must, I don't know how many, it must be hundreds of promises in that app. Mm. Uh, and then the promises stand very specifically and they're very memorizable. You can't stand on the promises of God if you don't know what they are. Yeah. And so you can memorize them, meditate on them, and claim them. That's the yeah. three steps that I see. Mm. Read the promises. Never download the app right now. <laughs> meditate on the promises and claim them for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. <laughs> and on, on the, I mean, on the faith side, um, I guess it's a kind of, we did going back to where, yeah. where we started a second ago, right. you know, we talked about having complete trust and confidence in someone right. or something. Right. If someone was on the early side of, should I have faith in this or not? Yeah. What are you know, your quick thoughts on that piece? Well, the question, do you, who do you, uh, faith is what do you put your faith in? Something or someone? Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's start with the something. That is the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, because God is the promise maker and the promise keeper. And he is faithful and true and you can depend on him. Because by God's very nature, he can't lie. His, mm-hmm. his word is truth. So you can stand on the promises. That's one thing on faith. But then the question is, uh, is Jesus Christ who we claim to be? And the evidence is compelling. The evidence is Jesus is who he said he is. He's the son of God. He's the only way to eternal life. He's a promised Messiah. Uh, and so. So if I was yeah. someone who is curious, right. you know, seeking, right. um, maybe skeptical, right. what would be your, if I, if I, if I'm not there, I don't believe that yet, but though, though I, I've heard all that, where, what would be your, your thing you would point them to? to affirm their faith what i would have them do is and i'm with them is with faith them. by hearing i would open the bible mm. and i would start with 
most people start with John 3.16. I would start with Romans 3.23 and get a person to understand who they, who they are. All the sin that falls short of the glory of God, that's all of us. Uh, and then you go to Romans 5.8, you know, uh, the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of sin and fall through the glory of God. And then, and then take them to Romans 10, 9, and 10 and walk them through that particular statement. If you confess and believe, I'm going to quote the whole scripture, you know the scripture, uh, you will be saved. It's not you might be saved. And the question is, do you want to say yes to Jesus? Do you believe that? And when, but I have them read it. Mm. I wouldn't read it. I'd have said, I said, read this, read, read this, what it says here. Yeah. There's four scriptures. Uh, in fact, we have a new handout called Pathway to Eternal Life in Heaven. It's a bookmark. Mm-hmm. It walks you through the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I didn't think we had that when I was at the conference. It's something new. Okay. We're working on a new book. Uh, in fact, the book is ready. We're working on the tools for the book. It's called uh, The Disciple Maker's Toolbox. Cool. And it, it equips you with, all the right questions to ask, all the right questions yeah. to give. Yeah. But the little handout uh, is really simple. Yeah. Visuals are so powerful. Find somebody. Yeah. yeah. So we've got, sure. you'll see, I'll send you a copy when we're done of the book and the tools. Okay. Take cool. a look at it. Yeah. Well, Jack, this is awesome. I mean, man, to break it down to all the things you could talk about, you know, especially I'm glad we recorded this now, even because like I said, you know, maybe whatever, six weeks have passed since the retreat and it feels like, uh, it feels like the words a little, a little more chaotic. So I'm glad that people will get this and, uh, and really can anchor in those two things and faith and hope. And, and you give some, some next steps and some tools to, to go deeper beyond this right. little conversation. Well, uh, you know, I don't know how many, how many years or days I have left. I'm 85. Most Dan and older men don't live this long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm probably the oldest one that's probably in the history of the family at 85. God must have a purpose for this this interview, the the books yeah. we're working on. Uh, yeah, no uh, doubt. Chance to reach out to neighbors. Yeah, you know, neighbor, neighbors are not always easy. Uh, yeah, reaching out to neighbors and I, I've gotten to know, and um, they're that's a awesome. challenge. But the hardest challenge is family. Family, fortunately for us, all of our kids and grandkids are safe. That's awesome. We have family members who aren't. They are the Yeah. They remember when you were something before you became a believer. Mm. (laughs) But you had asked me a question about what brings me joy. Mm -hmm. What brings joy to life at 85? And I'd say, well, you said a couple of things. I listed five, just five quick bullet points for me. Because I I reflected on it today. I was, I think, I really think about that. I I was going to look at them and, uh, I wrote them down so I would make it simple. Number one is sharing the gospel and seeing people accept Jesus as their savior and see the joy that comes to them to know they have eternal life, to know that there's, if I have good friend, Sam Brown in, in Texas, uh, he'd been battling cancer for five years and going to Arthur Anderson every three months. And he reached out to me because he knew I was a believer and said, uh, I want to be certain that when I die, I go to heaven. He said, I'm, I don't have that certainty. He's Catholic, didn't have a, uh, a background in the scriptures very well. And so I gave him one of the Bibles, walked him through it. Uh, in six months, he said, I now believe, I now know I'm, when I die, and I will, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I'll be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that brings you joy to have someone say, I now believe. Uh, and that, it, that repeats, oh, and it, it just brings you joy. Yeah. 
Yeah, Your friend absolutely. I worked with at a diamond, we met in 60, so we just had dinner the other night. Wow. Uh, and I've been reaching out to him for years and his wife and his two kids and I'm praying for him. And uh, one day went over there and I, we had shared the Roman scriptures. We had dinner at their house and she, Sandy, his wife said, we're celebrating tonight. I said, what are we celebrating? Mark accepted Jesus today as a savior. Wow. 88. Wow. Uh, 88. And it just, uh, you know, it was what a celebration. Uh, wow. And then that's one. Uh, time with family certainly is important. Time with family is a joy. Grandkids, especially kids and grandkids, uh, they're a delight. Yeah. And it's been great to watch them grow up and become mature adults and, and be kids of faith. Mm. And then I say, I enjoy, I enjoy worshiping God in his sanctuary on Sunday. Nothing more joyful than worshiping. Uh, and pouring out your love for the Lord in, in a worship ceremony. Mm. Uh, I enjoy the beauty of God's creation. I go out for a walk and I look at the at everything from the flowers to the trees to the little creatures and yeah. the universe at night and the stars. And I think, I see God's fingerprints everywhere. Yeah. I see his fingerprints everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and then uh, last but not least on a short list of five is I enjoy studying God's word seeing his promises being fulfilled day by day in my life. That's, that brings joy. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you can have a long list, but those are the five, the five for me that, are, that bring me joy. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are great. That's a great five. Yeah. I hope, I hope everyone who's listening to this will have at least that five and more to bring things that bring them joy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's good. That's why we ask. I think it's, it sparks, you know, Good yeah. ways to, you know, get your mind right. And get your well, there's a great right. hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. Joyful, yeah. Joyful. God doesn't yeah. want us to be dour inside. He wants us to be full of joy. Yeah. I mean, we, we have we have the certainty of our eternal life uh, and, and a new heaven, new earth one day. Mm-hmm. Scripture, Isaiah 40, 31 says, uh, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles. Let it not be worried, walk and not faint. We used to have a pair of eagles that would soar over us over here in Avon Lake. Yeah. You and I would look up there and say, Well, look at those two eagles just gliding on the thermals and stuff. I don't see them lately. And I said, This sounds like we're going to be able to fly like eagles. Man's all desire has always been to fly. He says, yeah. <laughs> Those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles. There you go. Whether we do or not, I don't know. But, yeah. You know, it, it's it's a joyful thought, isn't it? It is. We're it's awesome. be soaring up in the air like those thermals. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. What about, you've mentioned so many good verses. It's, you know, yeah. it's hard to pick one. Is there, has there been one central one in, in your life or is there one central one like right now that. There, there are two probably central. One is, I think I shared at the conference. It's mm-hmm. uh, Romans one sixteen. Mm-hmm. I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ for is the power of God and salvation for all who believe. And then I quoted Romans 12 two earlier. Uh, which is renewing our mind and being transformed by God's word. So every day we're being transformed by God's word. Those are the two that really guide my life, mm. be in his word so my mind is transformed and to never be ashamed of sharing the gospel. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said, those who are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of before my father in heaven. Mm. Uh, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the yeah. joy prepared for you before the foundation of the world. That, that's, that's all I'm working for. Mm. I'm looking forward to those words from the Lord. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Jack, it's always a joy. I, uh, you're like a fire hose <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, at 85, you're just getting warmed up. 
<laughs> I am getting warmed up. I'm getting ready for the eternal trip. <laughs> oh man, it's such a such a joy being with you and always you always learn a lot, you know, being with you. So thank you for that. And would you close us in a word of prayer as we oh, as sure. we wrap up this conversation? I'll close it with a brief word of prayer. Thank you. Lord, we give you thanks for all your blessing, for all your promises, for your love and for your grace, and that you've given us a strong faith that's unshakable in this world of chaos. We know, Lord, that one day you're coming back to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and will serve you whoever. In the interim, while we're here, help us to be faithful in sharing the gospel so that others will come into your kingdom and your kingdom will be built one soul at a time. I thank you for this time uh, and this interview. I thank you for Nick and his uh, uh, calling and with ISI ministry. Uh, Lord, that you'll continue to bless him and bless all to, all those who hear this, this uh, podcast today, that they will be drawn closer to you and be faithful in sharing the good news of the gospel. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm pretty fired up um, after this conversation with Jack, just an amazing guy. And I want to leave you with just a few things. Uh, number one, we post these podcasts to the ISILife.com, which is the website that shows all of our former podcasts. It has all the show notes, it, uh, links to other websites. So as Jack and I are talking, he's mentioning different resources and tools. We'll link all that in the show notes for this episode and uh, any of the prior ones as well. It's also the place where you can find out um, where we have our retreats, when they are, if you want to sign up for those, or if you want to jump on one of our free, uh, the first Saturday of each month, we do a Stay Sharp Saturday Zoom call where we bring speakers like Jack on and just do a little one hour um, quick hit of ISI just to stay connected and get some some great wisdom as you head into the weekend. They're from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. on the first Saturday of each month. So the ISILife.com is where you can catch out all that stuff. Uh, but some takeaways that I had from this call, um, number one, just... The, the title, Faith and Hope, Unshakable Anchors in a World of Chaos, Faith. So starting there, what is faith? And he gave a great tool on where can we go? We'll go to the book of Romans and walk through verse 3, 23, 5, 8, 10, 9 to 10. And just go through those, read them out loud to yourself, to others. And that can give you faith that God is who he says he is. And so, okay, with that, now you can have hope. Now you can have look forward to something in the future. Um, Jack is looking forward to being reunited with his wife, Jean. He's looking forward to things that the Bible promises. Um, John 14, uh, Romans 12, 2, that renewing of your mind. Um, Philippians 4 to 7, do not be anxious about anything. These are the promises. Um, and he mentioned that Bible Promises app, which is awesome and worth downloading and checking out and giving yourself the hope that exists in the promises. Um, all almost 7,500 of them that he mentioned in, in the 7,487 is the number of promises in the Bible. So I hope this was helpful to you. And um, if it was, if it was just this podcast and you've not been to a retreat, I would invite you to check out one of our retreats. They're um, welcoming, they're challenging, they're encouraging. And we love, we love every retreat. We have about half new people, half returning. And so we'd love to see you at one of the retreats, at one of our 24-hour retreats in 2024. And if you've been to you know, one or more of them and you listen to this podcast, I challenge you to bring somebody, bring a friend, bring a neighbor, um, a colleague, whoever, uh, someone who you think might benefit by you know, getting to know them more and being challenged by and encouraged by what we're doing with ISI. So I hope you have a, a great day. Uh, stay sharp and God bless.